In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christmas Vigil was a welcome opportunity to reflect on the heart of Mary. Just as every mother has hopes and fears as the birth of her child is about to happen, yesterday evening was an opportunity to reflect on on Our Lady's heart and all the generations of expectation and all the divine um, promises, all the messianic prophecies that were about to unfold. At midnight, we were able to take advantage of the first proper hour of Christmas Day to think about that newborn baby and what was seen by those who saw him and what was heard by those um, who heard his scream. During these daytime hours of Christmas, consider those to whom he was revealed. At some point last night or this morning, your manger scene now includes the baby Jesus and other figures as well, no doubt. We can make a list. Obviously, Mary, his mother, Joseph. Shepherds, no doubt, right? Certain poor shepherds. Maybe already there or on the way or still in the box, but coming will be the three wise men. Think of those others to whom Christ was manifest. Those to whom the Son of Mary was revealed. Only a few others. Go back eight months to St. Elizabeth and St. John the Baptist. Zechariah, almost certainly, he refers to the, the promised one, the one whom his son John will precede. And then also advance 40 days to the presentation, and we will see Simeon and Anna. It's a very small group. Uh, I've never seen a manger scene that has all of those, but um, it, it'd be... It'd, you're not going to get rich doing it, but it'd be worth doing. These are the f- select few. Why so few? Might be a question for a different day. But what do they all have in common? They are ones to whom God either brought his only begotten son. To Mary first, to Joseph, Elizabeth, John, Zechariah, and then later on to Simeon and Anna. God brought his only begotten son, born of Mary, to them. And then there are those who are led to him by the message of an angel, the shepherds came. And by the starry beacon, the wise men traveled. Each knowing that something very important was waiting for them.
in both categories, God takes the initiative either by bringing Christ to them or bringing them to Christ. Why them? These are people who already care about the truth, people who recognize God and the created world. These are people who, who try to love, which means they're willing to suffer. They're not prone to complaint. They don't have to have things their way. Our Lord will explain later on when he is preaching why there are some to whom he speaks clearly and others to whom he speaks in parables. It's the same distinction. God desires the salvation of all, and Christ is born into the world for the salvation of all men, and everyone is given sufficient grace for salvation. But not everyone shows an openness to the truth, to God to others, to love, and so little is given them. But these few who are at the manger or in the periphery of the manger, these are simple souls. Not only do they care about truth and recognize God and try to honor him, Not only do they love, and willingly suffer, they also recognize sin, and are willing to atone, and are eager to repent. And so, whether it be the Son of Mary, Christ, who is revealed to these souls, or Christ, the Son of Mary, revealing his Father to similar souls, it is Christ himself who is poor and humble, who is the truth, Christ who is love and is willing to suffer who does not need to have things his way. He did not come to be served. He came to serve. And he comes because of sin, precisely because of the recognition of sin, not his own, but all sin for which he will make atonement. Christ draws to him those who are like him, and he will make them even more so a perfect image of his father whose face he shows the world. It's worth even acknowledging, because I'm sure your manger scene has donkeys and oxen and maybe even, you know, plastic dinosaurs. Who knows what else? It is more fitting for benign, irrational creatures to lay eyes on our Lord than it is for those with an immortal soul and a bad heart to be in his company. So I encourage you, whether it be 
the nativity in the back or your own manger scene to reflect even further and to consider what is being revealed to us. To whom is Christ revealed? To whom does Christ reveal his Father? The very willingness to ponder this mystery, to get down on our knees, or if our knees don't work, to bow our head in honor of Christ, our Savior born among us, we aren't far from the kingdom, but we're probably not quite there just yet. We all celebrate Christmas because we believe to one degree or another, but our faith isn't perfect. We come to worship God because we love, but our love isn't perfect. And we look forward to his promises being fulfilled because we hope, but our hope isn't all that we care for in our future. We pray then while we have the moment to be in the actual presence of the true and living God, body, blood, soul, and divinity, that he may break down every remaining barrier to make our faith firm and our charity tender and our hope genuine, that we may realize we have been given a great privilege to know of him and to be able to proclaim him. We've been imbued with a profound mystery to be already having been made like him and to be given grace that we may become another him. He came that we might know the Father, that we might become the Father's children, so that we too may become sons and daughters of so great an eternal Father who sent his Son into the world to save us from sin. St. John the Baptist came to proclaim this mystery and pointed him out to St. John and the other apostles and then fades from the narrative. In the lives of others, we too have precious moments to point out Christ and to lead them to heaven. May our works and prayers that last for a moment lead us to heaven where our praises and prayers will last forever. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.